right, we're rolling. Jennifer, thanks for joining me and taking some time out of your day. Appreciate it. Of course. Happy to be here. Yeah. Um, remind me again, too. I'm, I was just thinking of this a minute ago. It was either, I think it was Megan on our support team, or did you ask her or did she ask you if you wanted to be on? How did this come about? I think this came about because um, I was actually asking for it. It was either Megan. I think it was Megan um, asking for some help on the online chat bubble and this and that and um, telling, uh, updating the website. That's what it was. I was Uh, updating the website and adding my first hire on there on the, you know, about us page and everything. And um, we were just talking back and forth and I was telling her that I was recent, like earlier that day in an IEB meeting or open call and people were just going on and on about Spectora and I was definitely an advocate for it in that group, although it's all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at mm-hmm. the same time, I, um, you know, I was really backing it for the the people, and just to hear so many different IEB members talking about it. In one way, it made me, um, you know, excited. Uh, and on the other hand, I was like, oh great, now everybody's report's going to start looking as good as mine. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, this, this was an advantage for a while. Um, you know, and so, you know, I kind of think both of those, but uh, we were talking and, you know, she was asking about the business and I kind of gave her some information and I said, yeah, that's why I named the company Doyen, um, and, because it means a female who's an expert in her field. And she oh. said that, she goes, well, our crew here loves your logo. And to me, that was like the biggest compliment because I, I, I designed it and I put a lot of um, things just in general that I like, it's, um, it's, it's very me. <laughs> and so, um, that was a huge compliment because I know there's a ton of companies that use Spectora. So for her to, um, you know, specifically call out my logo, I was like, great. Cause that's one of the things I, um, I like about the company that uh, the organization that I'm building is, uh, the branding. And yeah. so for that, and just told her a little bit about the company and apparently she brought it back to you guys and you were all talking and um, came back to me the next day and said, Kevin would like to interview you. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of where it came from. But um, yeah, I took it as a huge compliment. That's great. No, I love it. Cause I, I remember her mentioning it to me um, and I was like, Oh yeah, I know the name and I know the website and I know that logo and it all was familiar to me. Um, and then any, to be honest with you, any women that are just, in the industry period, but then also excelling and doing really well are always very, it's super interesting to me because there's not enough, which we'll get into and, and, you know, go in depth, but, um, I just get excited anytime. Yeah. We, we have a a women led company that's growing a women led organization. Um, so I was pumped about it and yeah, your logo is amazing. I didn't realize you made it. Um, you know, so I'm going to tell everyone to go to your site later, but yeah, I'm looking at it, looking at your website now and it is beautiful. So do you have a design background? I, I don't. Um, I, I just always knew that that's what I wanted to do. I collect patches and I, I like a lot of outdoor activities. So most of my gear is outdoorsy. You know, it's going to be Patagonia and Marmot and REI and Columbia and things like that. And so I just like outdoors and I wanted to incorporate like a sunset. And I see all these other logos I like similar to Patagonia. And I said, you know, I could make those mountains rooftops instead <laughs> and ah. I kind of, uh, went with it like that. And um, yeah, so I don't have a design background, but I knew that I wanted like a bright different colors and a, a circle sunset patch look. 
And so what I, what I did in creating that was uh, design patches for the company. So that instead of uniforms, we're all um, wearing something comfortable to us, you know, um, that's similar, but you can put the patch on your shirt, on your hat, um, and everybody just gets patches to put on their workwear. So that's how they're branded as opposed to making everybody wear the same type of fit because and being more of a female uh, inspection company and having female inspectors, we all know that not every company has sizes and fits that fit everyone. So um, I just thought that that would be kind of fun and, and casual in that way. So I'd like to do more of a patch theme. I love that. And I have not heard that before. And that's rare, you know, after 50 something episodes to not have heard something before that's, I love that idea. And shoot men, women, anything, it just gives you more versatility, um, allows you to probably even be a little more, um, I guess, stylish, if you will, dare I say stylish on a home inspector podcast, but, um, well, that's great. I want to dig more into that in a minute, but um, I kind of want to just catch up with you and see how the year has been obviously a, a year, um, you know, crazy year for everybody, but take me back just to, um, kind of earlier this year and COVID and kind of how you, how you approached and responded to everything uh, in March, April. Yeah. Um, in some ways it feels like just yesterday and in some days it feels like, you know, two or three years totally ago. Agree. Totally agree. Totally <laughs> so, agree. It's so weird. Um, and it's, it's really hard to like pinpoint, you know, the feelings that are coming from this experience. Um, you know, I want to be completely honest in saying, and, and I've heard this from some other, you know, newcomers, it's really hard for me to, um, I guess, um, you know, put a number on or um, really measure how I'm doing uh, due to COVID just mm-hmm. because March was my 10th month in the business. Okay. So, you know, when that hit, I wasn't even a year in. So I don't even have a previous year to say, you know, okay, well, you know, we're doing much better. I do know that I got a lot busier after, after COVID, but you know, that also runs in line with spring going into summer, which is the busiest season in our industry. So I have so many variables right now. That it's hard to see how it affected my business. I've, I've had a lot of growth during COVID. Um, and so, but I've done a lot of different things. So it wasn't just that one thing. Um, and I think it, you know, it, attributes to a lot, but, um, I love that I'm in this field, especially when it hit just because I have an eight-year-old son, you know, in second grade and he's out of, um, he's with me half the time. And when he's here, you know, with this school situation right now, he's got to, you know, do remote learning Mm -hmm. and, uh, having the flexibility to do that. And for, you know, my business partner, Heidi and I to switch schedules and work around that because she has a 14 year old as well. I mean, that's, It's one of the things that we like about what we're trying to create. Um, But it kind of worked out seamless because about the time that all this started happening, I brought a second person on board. And so that we were able to really kind of work together and cover all this. And I didn't lose a lot of business from it. So, I mean, it turned turned my world upside down in a lot of ways, but I don't, I I also can't really compare it to a lot of (laughs) Their years. And so I'm really having a hard time with that one uh, as far as how it's affected it. Um, but it has given me an opportunity, I think, to go above and beyond for my customers. Um, you know, extra PPE precautions, um, you know, signing okay. all these 
everyone wants to going through a lot of um, you know, extra steps if people have requested that, you know, we're at high risk or, you know, this and that. Um, and some really good things came out of going above and beyond at the beginning of COVID. And then I think business just uh, kept booming throughout the whole summer. So. Yeah, it's a common theme. Um, and I imagine so even more so in Austin, because uh, the, at least the circles I follow, it seems <laughs> like the whole world's moving to Austin. Is that True, it's true on the it inside. <laughs> um, yes, I, I think it's like 250 a day now or something. I mean, it's it's unreal. Um, so I know there's a huge market here to and to continue, but I will say that lately um, our market has has shrunk in that um, we don't have any inventory, and so I think I'm a little more concerned about the the next upcoming couple of years just because of. Uh, lack of inventory you know typically we have about six months plus and we're down to weeks now like four to six weeks worth of homes and so you know new construction i'm doing a lot more new construction and phase inspections and these builders are just you know cranking these homes out and so i'm seeing corners be be cut um and i'm also seeing a lot of these builders that are forbidding phase inspections uh, only allowing a final one or not allowing one at all. And people sign these contracts, you know, not really knowing in the beginning with this builder and then ask to do a phase inspection and find out that they can't. And um, and so I, I guess I'm kind of concerned that a lot of our business is going to be moving towards that new construction and um, that these builders are trying to, to keep us out of the process as much as possible. Wow. So they're they're basically just outright acknowledging that they're going to be cutting corners and they don't want anyone inspecting throughout the process. I mean, why else would you, I mean, I know that it slows down the construction process. You know, yeah. I, I get that part of it. Um, but they also mess with our schedule too, because they're not always ready when we have things booked and we, you know, we end up switching things a lot, but um, I know that they want to stay on target and that's the thing, but it, it does seem like you're covering up a lot or it seems like something fishy is going on when you say, I can't have a third, you know, we don't want a third party inspector out here looking over our work, especially for pre-drywall, you know? Um, so I, I think I'm just kind of surprised by that. Uh, but new construction, I mean, they're just opening up, you know, five to eight lots at a time and people are bidding on them. It's gotten a little crazy around here uh, as far as homes. So Everyone I have worked with in the last couple months, they are not on their first home of choice. They're probably 10 down, you know, they've lost several before they find one that they actually win Um, just because everyone's going and over asking within 24 hours. And so it is, it is a crazy market right now. And, you know, everybody wants their inspection yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest struggle is making sure that, um, then I can fill that need because I'm more detail oriented as opposed to efficient. And, um, and it's not that I'm, you know, not efficient, but at the same time, still being a newer inspector and most will tell you that that's, you know, uh, the report writing is really the the hardest part of this, you know, building up your templates, building up your deficiency list, things like that. Um, and so, efficiency, I think struggles, uh, or has caused some struggle in that people want, you know, same day reports. And so that's kind of what I've been working on. And, and Heidi, my business partner has been working on as well. Um, just because of the market here, you know? Yeah, it's needed. Can buyers, I don't even know this cause I didn't do, when I was an agent, I didn't do a ton of new, um, new construction. So buyers can 
negotiate for the ability to do phase inspections or does the builder typically dictate that? The builder typically dictates it. Um, sorry, and what I'm saying bidding on, there's all these new neighborhoods, you know, new builder neighborhoods, and you know how they just open certain phases of it at a time, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and sell those lots. Well, they're doing that in smaller chunks and having lots of people bid on them. So normally it'd be $500 to, you know, $1,000 to put your money down on a lot. And then you get the mortgage, you know, when the home is complete. Um, but right now people are paying five to 10 times that to win one of these lots because they're only, you know, it's a supply so demand bad. issue. They're only just, you know, putting out a few at a time because of what's going on. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's connected in any way to the contracts. I just know a couple companies that right now will only allow a final inspection. And there's some that are trying to put into their contract that they won't allow any phase inspections uh, at all. And I was asking that just from the context of, we always, as a company, try to put out education and, and for buyers on the buyer side. But if if they don't, if the buyers don't care, cause they're like, Hey, we just want to make sure to get this house. We don't care if they cut corners or if it's a little, if the market's that crazy, then it almost doesn't matter at that point. If we try to put out education that, Hey, new construction, you always need to be doing um, right. third party inspections. Yeah. And I think that's changed a lot too, um, just because people didn't used to do phase inspections as much. And um, now just considering, especially in this area with as many people moving here and as much construction is going on, um, you know, corners are cut just in general. Um, you know, it's, it's going to happen just at the speed of which they're doing these, you know, used to be one to two closings in a new development, um, you know, a month. And now it's like 11 to 20 a month. Um, and, you know, I, I know that they're, they're doing what they can, but it's just so many people are moving here that it has, um, you know, it's caused us to kind of change the way that we do business and focus on phase inspections just because that's going to be a majority of the market going forward. Um, yeah. You know, in that we're running out of people, you know, people are, these realtors I work with, they're like, do you know anybody looking to sell their home? I mean, they want homes right now. Reminds me a little of Denver. Denver face has been seen, um, you know, Denver, Austin, I think are two of the two always in the top five in terms of fastest growing yeah. cities. Um, and so I get it. It's, it's kind of mind boggling. Um, Those are my favorite two cities, actually. If, if I didn't live in Austin, I would live in Denver and I go there several times a year and I, I love the mountains and snowboarding and, um, you know, get there as often as I can. So I like being in Texas for now since I have a kiddo, but I think, long-term, I'll probably be back and forth between the two. So yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned some things, anyone that says REI on this podcast, I'm like, yeah, you're probably a Colorado <laughs> person. You probably belong here. Uh, yeah, they have uh, the original. I've yeah. been to that one several times. Yep. Um, let's shift gears a bit. I want to hear a little about your journey to becoming a home inspector. Cause you said 10 months in March, and then that puts you at what year and a half in the business about at this point. Yeah. Year and a half. Oh. Um, now, technically, I opened the company and uh, got the name and websites and, uh, you know, started everything with the Secretary of State uh, in November of 2018, but mm -hmm. I didn't actually start doing inspections until May of last year. So, because okay. um, I was, you know, working on the, the professional license. So, wow, there's so many ways I could start with this, but um, just to tell you a little bit about my background, I did 
financial advising. I worked for Edward Jones and had an office for almost five years uh, no during kidding. the worst downturns that we have experienced. Mm -hmm. And although I was doing well, I did not enjoy it um, in that I was stressed all the time. And to me, it was I didn't have enough control over what I was selling to people. And I know people need to invest. I know that it is an important part of things. But, you know, I was working with people's nest eggs and college funds and retirement accounts and all these um, it, it was hard for me to watch so much loss during that time period and um, and feel like I didn't have control over the the investments that I was putting people into, as opposed to if I was selling you a product that I could actually back. Right. I hope that makes sense. Um, and uh, so even though I was doing well, you know, sold my practice, got out of that in, in Houston. And um, I've lived in Houston since college. Uh, went to college and grad school, grew up in a college town. And so I got out of there as quick as I could because I lived my entire life there. Yep, yep. And so, yeah, when you live in a college town, you can't wait to get somewhere else. And so I came to Texas, always wanted to come to Texas, and I've been here all my adult life. So I had the Edward Jones office um, and then sold that and took a job for a startup, um, a dot com that digitizes uh, courthouse records. And so it's a, basically a big data company. Oh, wow. um, with some with some software build, and I was a project manager and relationship manager for that company for almost eight years. And um, the entire time, I was an entrepreneur on the side. I had lots of small businesses, um, a lot of DIY, a lot of projects that just I enjoy, and a lot of traveling. And at the end of that last job, I actually worked remote and um, took my family in a class A RV with a, a Jeep towed behind us. For about 18 months, uh, we spent, uh, yeah, about 18 months on the road, just living in the RV, uh, working at different state parks. And my partner did at the time and I worked. Um, <laughs> great. This company. And so we traveled to, at that time, it was just nine states and two Canadian provinces, but I, I love travel, I love RVing. I actually do RV inspections too. <laughs> um, which is kind of rare, but a yeah. lot of people don't know what they're getting into and sure. buying any if you used RV, it's just like buying a car or having a mechanic look at it, you know, but it's a car and a house. And so, you know, somebody that knows how to work those systems and show them where water pump is and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I really enjoy RVs as much as houses, but um, did that for a couple of years. And then honestly, I had a life shakeup, uh, went through, um, a separation and a divorce after 12 years together and with a child, you know, um, that we now have uh, co-custody, you know, and we, we share that custody and I love it. I, I have an eight-year-old son that I absolutely adore. Um, and so all of that kind of led me to, I want to finally do something I enjoy. I think I had always just worked at what people told me I was good at and I knew that I was made for, for more or something different. Mm -hmm. And I was in business, you know, um, sitting behind a computer negotiating things, and I am more of a hands-on person. Um, so I had the skills for business and marketing, and I, I just wanted to do something more blue collar, you know, um, honestly, and, uh, you know, find a trade, find something that I can, um, you know, feel successful at the end of the day and feel like I have a little bit more control over that outcome. And, um, and so, yeah, my, my dad growing up in that college town, he was a manager of a lumber company for the first 
18 years of my life. So I grew up around contractors and in a lumber store and walking through, you know, peach tree uh, products like doors and windows and, you know, mixing paint and just like, that's where I grew up was like a Home Depot. So um, that's what feels very natural to me. And he also had an irrigation company and flipped houses and um, was a project manager for the college town, <clears throat> like homes around the university. He would flip homes and, and rent them out. Um, and so I was just around that all the time and I loved it. It's what I knew. And then once I got to college, it was like all business. And I missed that part. I missed being around that. So now I feel like a kid again when I'm on construction sites, you know, <laughs> or doing new yeah. construction. It just, it, it feels very natural to me. Um, so yeah, I had a big life shakeup. Um, and at that time, I was like, okay, I'm finally going to run the company for myself and as my full-time job, not just something on the side. And this had always interested me. And, and it had because I had been through four purchases and sales over, over the years um, in homes between Austin and Houston. Mm-hmm. And I always had a good experience with my home inspector. They were all male and, and like the typical inspector, you know, um, middle-aged white male with some type of facial hair. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and I had a great experience with all of them. And by the last one, the entire time I was like, you know what? I could do what he's doing. You know, like this is, this is the stuff that I know. And what you're telling me, you can, you know, just work for yourself, start out as one person, you know, and build it from there. And, um, I just knew that was a perfect fit for me. And, uh, so I were, uh, so coming with the graduate degree and then saying, Hey, I want to get into a trade now, you know, was, was kind of rare. Um, but when I went to school, I went through the AHIP program and got the professional uh, inspector license. And when I was there, I was the only female in my class. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised to find out how few females were in the industry. Like, I mean, even though I'd always had males, it just didn't occur to me. Um, that that would, I mean, I knew there would be more, but it didn't occur to me how few. And, um, and so beyond working for myself during the, the educational part of this, I think I developed more of a desire to bring more women into the industry and to create something larger than myself. Um, I've always had these, like these dreams, uh, or, ideas you know I, I tried to invent a lot of stuff when I was younger <laughs> write books games all different types of things and you know a couple of them I did and now I actually see them you know it's one of those I, I could have thought of that you know kind of things um, and so I enjoy that part of it um, and several times I've tried to incorporate it in more of a um, uh, you know liberating women kind of view like uh, years ago I wanted to start a sports bar that was mainly for females because there's no sports bars for females right they're all men and you know female waitresses with next to nothing on them and this and that and I just I was like you know what do women want women watch sports too and they also watch I mean where do you go to watch women's sports you know and there's like this whole community of people that go to sports bars and they're not really geared towards them so I wanted to to open that and call it title nine um love that and 
then now like there is a title nine company that is out that makes women's sportswear, I believe. Interesting, <laughs> um, but no bar. So, I always just had these like ideas of like, I wanted to do more than what I was doing. And I knew I wanted to, um, you know, build that for myself. And so um, instead of just starting a company under my name, I decided to go with something that I could brand that could be universal. Um, I know people don't franchise much, much in this industry and I don't think that that's what I want, want to do necessarily either, but I knew that I wanted this to be um, capable of being statewide um, and nationwide, you know, um, potentially in Canada as well. I'm, I love Canadians, by the way. I've traveled <laughs> to Canada several times. And uh, I know there's a lot of home inspectors that kind of cross over, I guess, in our industry. And you have a lot of Canadian inspectors that use Spectora as well, right? We do. We do. Yeah, I was going to ask you, why, why? Yeah, Texas to Canada? Tell me, tell me more about that. <laughs> I know I like Canadians too. They're always the nicest people I've ever met. Um, they are. But what, they are. What, I just, what's the connection there? Mainly just how nice they are. I, I've traveled <laughs> to several different provinces. Uh, went to, I actually got married in Ontario. Uh, okay. Years, and so I, um, I, I like Toronto. Um, I've never met a Canadian that I haven't liked. And then uh, <laughs> years later, I went to Alberta and British Columbia, you know, north of Glacier Park, just right between those two provinces. And that's some of the most beautiful uh, country I have ever seen. And I mean, like I've been to Switzerland and Austria and a bunch of places where mountains, you know, you should be surprised by or the Rockies even, but the Canadian Rockies, it's just, it's unreal to me. Um, and the teal water and everything. Um, that's just a beautiful area. And um, so I just have a special place in my heart for Canadians. And I don't know, I have some pen pals that I met uh, you know, up there. And, um, I think that there's a lot of things that I just am, you know, envious of as one of those jaded Americans right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I, I gotta say, I love, I love your vision for one. I want to touch on that to, to, like you said, being in class, not seeing any other women and then saying, having another meaning behind what you do for money, basically. And I always find that to be a stronger driver than, Hey, I want to make six figures. Hey, I want to make a million dollars. Hey, I want to have a bunch of franchises. I, um, cause I could see that spinning off into multiple things and, um, you know, and I'm of course going to be willing to help in any way I can in terms of if there's groups we can set up, you know, female only Facebook groups, things like that to find mentorship and kind of growing training or whatever. But, um, you mentioned the story with your dad and you're on your website. If everyone, everyone goes to doyeninspections.com, it's adorable picture on the homepage um, of you, you with your dad, I presume. Yes. Um, love that for multiple reasons. One, cause it's adorable, but two, um, storytelling is so powerful. And when people, if a random consumer in Austin gets to your site, reads that one paragraph, sees that picture, they're probably going to hire you 99% of the time <laughs> because <laughs> it tells a story, you know, and that's marketing. I think you get all that. And so, um, just wanted to point that out. Really like that. Yeah. Well, and I got to say, honestly, to, to back Spectora in this, <clears throat> and this is not a plug, no one's being paid. I, um, I was actually recommended to Spectora by another female in the industry named Jen, <laughs> who lives in the Northwest and started the company NextGen Inspections. And she's the only person, or the only article that I've seen out was written by Spectora, I guess you guys, about her. And yep. one other person. That's the only article that you can find on women in in this industry 
like anywhere online. At all. Yeah. Never happened and before. I felt really? so proud. Of, I felt so proud of that when I was like, you know what, we're going to feature you two. We're going to spotlight Melissa and Jen. And it was talk- so, it was so weird to me. So I was like, you know what, uh, this was as I was building my vision really. So I reached out to Jen personally and said, look, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm a single mom right now trying to build this business. And it sounds like, just like what you're doing. Tell me, you know, what you've learned, tell me what I should, um, you know, what I should know that, that you've experienced the first couple of years. And she went through several different softwares and said that she was now with Spectora and loved it. And she would recommend that. And so because of her, I never went with another company. Um, and I liked that you guys from the beginning when I was in school were one of the only where multiple inspectors could work at the same time mm-hmm. on the same home. And, um, you know, I love the user interface, just how everything was presented and looked, but also because I didn't have a website yet. And I didn't have, um, you know, a CRM or marketing tool or, you know, anything set up in that regard. And I liked that it was an all in one. For me, that was really important. And I'm glad that I went that way because now as being a part of the IEB community, I just hear story after story of people switching. And I know that it has got to be um, just uh, the stress (laughs) um, sounds terrible from, you know, these larger multi-inspector companies that have had to change, you know, new importing templates and switching over and, you know, tying in ISN and everything. I've never used ISN. I, I answer all my phone calls. Um, and uh, between Heidi and I, we do now. And I'm sure we're going to get to that point. But for right now, we're able to do so much more um, by using this type of software versus just a report writing software. So that's one thing that I really like about it is everything integrated, being able to see the metrics from the website and, every, you know, all together. And I know that's possible down the road, but I, I personally think I have a good looking website and that was because of you guys. Oh, I love it. I, yeah, I just, I looked at the design again. I was like, wow, I haven't looked, I haven't seen this particular one in a long time. I remember I kind of have, you know, with, with close to like a thousand sites, I, I see certain ones where I'm like, Ooh, that's a particularly good one. Like Sarah or whoever made that did a good job there. Um, No, that's great. And I love the connections community is really big to me right now. It's a big theme on my mind of connecting our Spectora community and people within it. Um, And kind of, it's almost like a subset of IEB because I love what IEB is doing. Um, Obviously we we were, you know, different in our own ways, but a lot of similarly minded people are in each circle. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you, you said you did, you are a part of IEB now? Yes, I'm um, nice. doing this summer. And, uh, you know, I was told about IEB by uh, Blake and Angela and uh, of Super Inspector. Mm-hmm. And um, they had interviewed me and I was having a tough time deciding if I was going to be able to make this on my own and build this company or um, need to work for another company. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated them as individuals. I knew somebody else that already worked for the company here in Austin. And so, um, that's one thing I looked into. And when I've made my final decision just to stick this out and, and build the organization that I wanted, they were so kind. And they also recommended um, IEB, you know, down the road when I was ready because of how much it helped them. And so less than, well, right at a year later, I, I joined. And it feels a little early to join in some ways, but um, I don't think I would give it up. I, I definitely think that it is worth the money it's worth learning from people in this community and and you're right one of the things i like most about it is just genuine people trying to help one another 
in an industry where, you know, uh, competition could be, you know, in play and it just doesn't feel that way. Um, it feels like, hey, we're all here with the same goal. And, um, you know, and, and it focuses more on personal growth to me than business growth because that it kind of follows, I yep. think. That drives it. So, yeah, it really does. And so um, I've gotten a lot of good encouragement and um, I'm so glad to be a part of the group. And um, yeah, I, I love working with IEB. And it's, it's funny, I have all these different acronyms going in, in my life, but are you familiar with BNI, the networking? Yep. So I, I also am in a BNI chapter here in Austin. And I joined that um, like two months after starting in the industry. And I will say that that has been a big help in growing um, my business as well. And so uh, for any new inspectors out there, you're looking for like, how do I market? How do I find new business or this and that? If you're in a town that has BNI chapters, find the healthiest one that doesn't have a home inspector <laughs> and join it. Um, it paid for itself very quickly. And, um, and, you know, I'm sure people feel all different ways about BNI, but the community, I think it's really all about the, the chapter you end up in, you know, and the people you end up with. And for me, that community has been uh, very helpful and um, in growing the business, but also in just having people every week that are homeowners, you know, or excuse me, um, business owners, you know, self-employed that, you know, somebody else to talk to about the troubles and the issues that we all face in this industry. And you get kind of lonely working by yourself a lot. And so I think BNI just allows me to look forward to that visit with, you know, my referral partners every week. So IEB and BNI and yeah. <laughs> oh, well said. Yeah. That kind of energy, it's important to stay around that if anyone wants to succeed and get that escape velocity, because you have to have that feeling of either belonging or that confiding in other people and other people that are just grinding and trying to grow their own thing. And you need that kind of energy around you. Um, and IEB is great for it. I would say better to be early to something like that than late because sure. talking to some of these guys that, and same with Spectora, I even tell people like if you're five, 10 years down the road, boy, it's hard to break some of these habits and it's hard to, um, you know, to change your mind to a different way of thinking many years down the road. So I applaud you for, for jumping into it um, early. Well, yeah. And like I said, it was, it was off of recommendations, but I did try several different, um, so, you know, report writing softwares during my uh, ride alongs and, and classes. And I, you know, I tried out the free trial of all of them and I ended up liking Spectora the best. So it wasn't just a, you know, there's this one thing, it, it was just a good fit for me. And so um, when people ask like, what's your favorite, you know, did you, I don't really have anything to compare it to, but um, I will say that I'm, you know, I'm not going anywhere and um, that I think that it plays a big role in the, um, what do you call it? Uh, basically just the presentation in general, mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. the, the realtors, the clients, you know, they love the look, they love the interactive features they um you know the the repair builder tool like that that is great and so to me it just comes across as a less textual report and a um more visual report and i take way too many pictures by the way <laughs> uh both heidi and i really go like 
too far in how much we document in some ways, um, just because we want a snapshot of what the property looked like at that time. So they have comparisons, you know, down the road to look at. Um, and so instead of just taking deficiency pictures, you know, we pretty much photo blast all areas um, to incorporate in there. So I think our reports end up being kind of long, but um, the, the realtors around here love the reports. Most of them give us feedback. Oh, we've never seen a report this pretty or this organized or this easy to understand. And so it's one of the things that has propelled the business is it, the professionalism that comes behind having report writing software that looks this good and, you know, um, and is online. And recently, actually, you're probably aware of this, but Texas met, I guess, October 11th. And uh, the commission here that oversees the inspectors decided that um, some software was, I don't really know what was discussed in this, but mainly that we have to put a link to the PDF version first mm -hmm. before we can do the interactive version. Yep. And it's funny how many realtors called me that <laughs> following week after I made the change. Where's your old reports? You know? <laughs> and um and, and even one of them that works with both Heidi and I, because she's, she's busy. She's a great realtor in town. And she, um, she said, can you do it like yours? Because Heidi sent me one yesterday. And <laughs> I said, here's the thing. And so I'm having to start telling all of the realtors, hey, you're going to get an email. You're going to get a text or my clients. Um, there's going to be an option to look at either. So if you need to send it to anybody, go ahead and use that PDF. But I recommend you know, the interactive version, because it'll allow you to see um, the color coded, you know, nature of it, and also allow you to uh, watch any videos, you know, that I took. And so, you know, that's important to some people, certain things when you check it, you can't get in a picture, like did this jacuzzi work? Well, maybe you can get a picture with bubbles or disposal. Did the disposal work? Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I like incorporating videos in there more. Uh, and so because of that, I try to encourage people, you know, towards the interactive, but, but let them know that there's both options. No, I like that. It, it, to me, that's a compromise. Cause yeah, if they, if they completely said you can only deliver the PDF, I feel like that would be hurting the client and agent experience. It'd be hurting your guys' business from differentiating. So got to live with it. I know I got to play by the track <laughs> yeah. rules. It's a necessary evil. Um, but there was definitely an uproar from realtors as like, why did you change this? You know? And so it was, it was noticeable. And to me, that was, um, that was, you know, some feedback that I needed to really justify, like people like this, you know, people like the way this looks and, and works. So. Love it. Thank you Love guys. It. <laughs> For sure. Let's, uh, let's dig more into kind of the female aspect in this industry. Cause I know that that's something that's important to you. You sent me some stats, I think earlier, um, in terms of, there's like 9% of the industry is female. Is that right? I, well, I thought that, um, as I much as we could find. Well, yeah. Is, is, um, and I, I heard around nine in the construction type or home inspection industry when I was in school okay. and, um, and I didn't know that that figure was true, but I still thought that less than 9% was just really low. Um, and so recently I have reviewed all of the uh, Trek inspectors. I think there's like 3,300, close to 4,000 um, in Texas licensed inspectors. Some are active, some are inactive. But what I've noticed is that that's one area of data that they don't capture is gender. So there is no, um, no easy way to look up how many female or male inspectors are in your area. And 
and I should I should note that this is not necessarily about feminism or pushing women or saying that they are better at this than men. This is, I like to see, you know, uh, both genders represented in a lot of industries. I don't like it to just, you know, necessarily be one. I want people to have their choice. But I also think that home inspection is changing. It is getting more technical. Um, more technical things are going into the home that are gonna require pictures and videos. And, um, and because of that, you know, I wanna be, forward thinking. Mm-hmm. I would like inspectors that look like me. You know, I, I think buyers now, especially these younger buyers, they they want um, inspectors that look like them, not, you know, the, the generation of inspectors that we've had. And they, like I said, they have been great. But, um, you know, about the time I was getting into this was when the word mansplaining was really trending. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that women just in general tend to be more of the buyers or making the decision on the house or they're the last, you know, if the wife doesn't like the house, it's, it's not going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. but there's buyers of all types too. So I've gotten calls from people. Um, we were just looking for a female inspector. A, a lot of, you know, we just wanted a female in, in our home or we had a bad experience with contractors before. And um, what I always tell people is that I think females make great inspectors for two reasons. Uh, number one is they are great at finding problems. You can ask any man out there and they'll tell you that women are amazing at finding problems. And that's basically what we're, we're paid to do is go in and find problems. Right. And we don't have to fix them. You know, the, the second part of that is communication. I think that just in general, you know, so many of the men in this industry that do well and that have been on this podcast, they are great communicators but that isn't necessarily all men in construction. I think women tend to be good communicators, especially in working with um, the female on the buyer end, you know, as well. And um, just the ease of that process. I think women do great in this industry. Um, and so I just wanted to see that change. So I looked up all the information in Texas and I had to break it down and just go by name. And some, it had middle names, so it was easy on some of them. But for every one that was like a, a unisex name, like Jackie or, um, I don't know, there was lots of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I, I defaulted to female, unless it had like a middle name, Paul or something like that, which really, you know, sold it. Um, I said, well, I'm just going to assume that this is a female. You may have you overestimated. Know. You may have overshot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And in doing that, in Texas, currently active, it's 4.5% or less of all inspectors are female. I would like to get the nationwide numbers and I'm, I'm working on that, but 4.5%, I can't think of another industry, you know, that's just almost that low. Um, even the military or firefighters. I mean, I feel like women are more represented in those communities and those are even more physically um you know, physical jobs in general, physically demanding. True. And um, so if, if you were okay, you know, getting on a ladder, jumping on a roof, whatever. And, and I grew up playing sports. I grew up around a lot of sporty women, uh, outdoorsy women who like camping and hiking and don't mind getting dirty. And there's so many of them I know with the personality to really do well in this role. And so it became more about building a community of people that I want to work with, that I enjoy working with. And 
um, also helping more women get into this industry, especially straight out of school. Um, we're working with a, um, a nonprofit out of California that's looking to come here and they do more like trade internships for, for girls and boys in high school. And then um, they you know, kind of work as your apprentice for a couple of years. And um, then after high school, you get first choice at hiring them before they go to another company. And it's, you know, kids that want to go into trades specifically. And so I just, I see so many, shall I say, badass women out there that I think would make great inspectors. Um, and so that's really what I want to see is, is not necessarily an all-female team. I am just focusing on trying to change, you know, the diversity in the industry. I've had realtors reach out to me personally and say, um, do are you okay working with GLBTQ or a tran transgender client that I have because the home inspector, I will not use gender neutral pronouns and you know, this and that. And we have a very diverse community here in Austin. And, um, and so I was encouraged by that. I was like, yes, that's why I built the company is, is for this, this reason to have inspectors that are like you and uh, look like you and feel like you. And you know, we have a lot of big tech companies here with young professionals, a lot of money to spend. And, um, and it's weird. I've done several Facebook employees and every time it's, it's such a, a weird um, experience for me because I'm, so, uh, I'm showing them luxury things on a very high end luxury home mm -hmm. for a first time home buyer at 19, you know? Yep. Um, and it's, it's wild, you know? Oh, can I get in this attic? I've never been in an attic before. <laughs> and, um, you know, and just things and I'm like, these are multi-million dollar homes. Um, and so, you know, and I meet all of them and they're, they're different. It's, it's a totally different, you know, generation right now of buying. And, um, and so I want to fill that need, but also encourage uh, more women um, to get into this industry, however you identify um, so I think it will be open to all of that, but I did name the company Doyen um, because it means a female who's an expert in their field. And we really want to be the leaders in our field, you know, using the, the best software, the newest technology, um, and spending a lot of time with our clients. I think that's one thing that sets us apart is that we, we tend to do long, thorough walkthroughs with our clients, um, maybe to our detriment, even <laughs> as okay. far as, um, you know, losing money off of it, but it's just, uh, it's what we feel. And I think it's a pride that we take in the work that we do is making sure they know where everything is good and bad before we leave the property. Yes. So much you said there, um, to unpack and I love it all. I definitely need more people in the trades and then women in the trades, obviously, like you said, home inspection, I kind of almost synonymize in a way in terms of representation with, Plumbers, electricians, HVAC, um, you know, rarely see rarely see um, women in those industries. So yeah, I love that you're getting involved. Love that you're kind of um, you know thinking of ways to um, to kind of further push this and get it in front of people. So hopefully you'll be creating content in the future. I assume, right? Like uh, yeah, it's one YouTube, thing that we're social. going to be working on. Honestly, uh, it's one thing that I've wanted to do throughout this year, but we've gotten really busy, and because sure. of that. Um, I think that the growth that I was anticipating seeing three to five years down the road has happened a lot, a lot sooner for us. <laughs> um, for example, I have three other females that are 
sitting for the exam in December um, that have already basically done everything to obtain their license, professional license, except that. So before the end of the year, early next year, I could have um, five on the team and we, you know, all licensed inspectors. And our goal is really to create a little bit different of an experience, um, more of a team atmosphere, more of a co-op and sharing different roles as opposed to like a top-down organization mm-hmm. and um, build things a little bit different even than the IEB community kind of pushes. And so I've talked with, with Greg and I've gotten a lot of feedback from others, like where are we going to go wrong in this? Because I want to know, you know, I, I know there's, there's flaws with it, but I would like to see more of a team atmosphere um, and a group working together as opposed to, you know, technicians and growth people, um, more of it independent inspectors all working under the same name, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sharing the cost for things, which helps us all together and then do a profit sharing based on the profit um, that we make. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing profit first for a while now. So um, I think we just have a vision of, of creating a, a fun team, you know, um, and, and have a, a den, a place to hang out where you can go and, you know, transition in between places and, um, and bring on, you know, more women. So I, I think that we're going to grow a little quicker than I originally anticipated. And it's encouraging to see that. Oh, I love this vision. I love it. Just the thought too, of an inspector, maybe doing some growth activities and vice versa, and everyone kind of getting exposed to different areas of the business, you're growing holistic business people, which I, I'm a big fan of. I think we, yeah. We try to promote cross-functionality on our team as well. Um, but yeah, you don't hear that much in the home inspection industry, which is why I like it. Well, you know, most of us get out of school wanting to, you know, not work for the man or, you know, work for another company. You know, that's why so many inspectors start off trying to, you know, run their own business. And then maybe a couple of years later, if they don't have those other skills that it takes to really, you know, market and get out there and put yourself out there to bring in the business then they end up, you know, going to work for somebody else. And so it's like, what better time to train people all together and to get them to learn how to answer the phone, how to set inspections, how to write reports using the software. It's a learning curve for all of them. So why not, you know, bring them all in at the same time, you know, one day a week, let's say there's five of us, one day a week, someone answers the phones uh, and then you switch off the other days you're out in the field and you don't have to do it all on your own like you do as a solo, but this way you can operate somewhat like that, but then share in the cost, um, you know, bringing down our cost for insurance, bringing down our cost for uh, report writing software, promo items, things like that, because we're all working together, but also allowing that flexibility for everyone to kind of, you know, keep their personality, be themselves uh, somewhat and, you know, build their base of realtors that want to work with them as well. So, I don't necessarily have a vision of becoming huge. It's more about creating this fun atmosphere. And um, in some ways, I almost want to make it where um, we're very choosy, you know, down the road when we get to a point where, you know, women want to come join this organization and it's a, you know, an application process. And we're not like the other companies I see right now that are struggling to find good you know, people to come in, like they can get more inspectors and they're growing, but it's really hard to find good inspectors. And I'd like to create an atmosphere where anyone goes to school and says, I want to go work for that company. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that. That's a vision unlike 
I'm saying this a lot in this podcast, which is great. Um, a vision unlike I've heard with others of wanting to become that. Um, and it takes work, it takes marketing, it takes branding. It takes um, a lot of, you know, content that, that you can put out there and uh, I'm excited for it. I, I think the possibilities are, are kind of endless when you tell me this vision and I'm thinking of ways to market it. And I'm I like, I want to get started on helping you now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited about it too. And we, you know, we've done all these like taglines or, you know, tried to think of some other ways and we don't want to make it, like I said, all about females uh, in general. It's just an underserved, um, you know, area in this industry. And so, you know, I've been asked by a couple of people, well, what if a, what if a male applies? And I said, well, if they fit into the community and they want to, and they don't mind that the company is focused on bringing diversity to the industry, then I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, this yeah. is not looking to, you know, because, you know, people are like, well, you can't exclude them. And I said, I'm not trying to, but look at, look at some of these other multi-inspector firms. Um, I, I mean, I know super inspector specifically. I think that at the time that I interviewed with them, there was 30 inspectors and they were all male. I would have been the first female hire. And I think they, they do have a female now. And this is not to say that companies aren't looking. I know that they would bring them on if they were out there. I just don't know that anyone's encouraging them and showing them that they could get in the industry and that you have a skill set for it. You know, you're detail oriented, you're a good communicator. You can learn the rest. Yeah. The communicator piece to me is huge. And I think that's the biggest huge. opportunity um, because I can say it, home inspectors are notorious for not being great communicators. And the ones that are, are the ones really crushing it and getting ahead. And I think, yeah. um, I think your company like yours is going to set the bar high for a male to join. It's like, you better be a great communicator. You better be able to talk about your feelings, your emotions, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. these are all things that play into a team kicking ass. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what I want. You know, I've heard some of the other people on here, I guess, uh, what was it? Lance and Britt were talking about, or, you know, organization, mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, and, and I really, that really hit home with me because that's what I want. I want an organization. I want us to be in this together. I don't want anybody to come work for me. I want to work alongside people that take pride in their work too. You know what I mean? That could all be doing this independently, but we're choosing to do it together because we're just, you know, power in numbers. We are better together. Um, you know, IEB focuses a lot and talks a lot about personal growth and, you know, the five closest people around you, tribe of millionaires kind of thing. And that's what I want. You know, I want to create that group and I want to be that person that other people want to be in their five. And so, you know, I, I just want to create that out of an organization, a team, and it not be all about making money and not be all about being the best inspection company in the land. It's, it's also about that relationship with the other people on your team and um, accountability, you know, and all these other things that come with working with other people. I feel like I could do this on my own just fine, but this part of it is going to be more of a challenge. And um, I'm kind of excited for that challenge because I always wanted to do teaching and coaching. I just knew there wasn't any money in it. And so I kind of feel like I coach locally in some, local basketball leagues, but I would like to, you know, organize this team and let everybody's skill set rise to the surface. And, you know, you don't find that out until you start doing things and working and to see everyone kind of work in every role allows them to learn every part of it and not just be an inspector, you know? Um, 
the solo people are business owners and inspectors. And I don't want to give that up. And I don't want others to have to give that up. Um, because when you, when your name is behind it, when your track ID number is behind it, you know, um, whatever your pictures on that report, then I think people will take that a lot more serious and they take a lot more pride in their work. And so instead of just being under a different name, you know, it's, it's more about um, encourage, encouraging and motivating and, um, <clears throat> and really lifting this group of people up to do the things that they can do. You know what I mean? As opposed to um, listing a bunch of rules and saying, these are the things that we're gonna follow. You right. know, we're gonna sit together and make agreements. And we're gonna say, these are the things that we agree we want to be. And if someone's not meeting those, well, these are agreements, these aren't rules. We all agree to these, you know? And when it's more of a com uh, community and everyone's empowered to be a part of it, then I feel like that's the part of work I was missing when I was working for other companies. And so that's what I really want to bring to the table, you know, is giving people that I don't feel like I'm just working for a boss. I feel like I have a part in this. And that's why the co-op part and the profit sharing and, you know, being very transparent about all the numbers and everything from the beginning, that's a big part of, of my vision and what I see for this. So uh, it's just all happening very quickly. And um, I'm, I'm trying to stay ahead of it, you know? Yeah, that's great. I, I'm smiling so big because I love the sound of all that. I think it's great for the business, great for the industry, and in uh, the way you articulated that um, was great. So thank you for that. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. We got a couple minutes here. Like, what what did we not get into that we said we wanted to get into, or what what else is kind of interesting to you or on your mind um, that you want to put out there? Huh. Well, as far as <clears throat> as far as like putting it, you were talking about putting out more content and things. And I, I think there's a lot of companies that do a really good job of that. And I'd like to get, you know, more into that. Um, but I think working as a solo operator, running a business is, it's really hard to incorporate that into, you know, and I don't know if you guys are, are like me, but I don't really like to be in front of the camera or turn around, take selfies of myself all the time. You know, yep. um, that doesn't come to me naturally. Now put me in front of a crowd at a, you know, organizational meeting and just to get up and speak. I love that. Uh, I would love just, you know, um, communicating, talking, public speaking. I'm a, I'm a weird bird when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, these other things I, I feel um, you turn a camera on and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, this is going to be documented. And then I, I pause and that hesitation on everything, I think the anxiety just creeps in. Um, and so I haven't been taking a lot of videos and, and doing a lot of tutorials and things like that. But as we are adding people, um, I think we're all gonna have more time and more ideas than just you know the ones I've come up with, but have several more people bringing ideas to the table and creating content to be an informative company, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to do that, but at the same time, I know a lot of companies do that and it helps with marketing, it helps with SEO, you're adding value. Um, but at the same time, there's so many other things as a home inspector that are part of these independent transactions. And I, I think I tend to put a lot more focus in that, you know, reviewing the home and MLS data before I go and spending a lot of time with the client. Um, 
you know, just certain things that we do where we go a little extra. So, um, and, and we're trying to also work with others in the area. You know, going local and staying local is important to us. And so this isn't something where I want to send people all across the U.S., you know, to build different divisions. But I would love to see women in other areas say, you know, like how, you know, how did you do this or help other women um, that are interested in becoming it. I, I get calls all the time, both male and female, wondering how I got into this, what I like about it, you know, asking a lot of questions. And I know right now there's a lot of interest too, um, you know, with the economy. <clears throat> and I think it's a great job. I love, I absolutely love my job. Um, and I wake up every day excited to I get excited to work. And I didn't have that before. So to me, every day is justified in that I know that I'm doing, uh, I feel like I have more purpose, you know, and mm -hmm. that's an important part of everyone's life, whether it's, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer because I don't think we're trying, uh, my personal belief is there's not some purpose out there and we're all just trying to figure out what it is. And then finally it clicks and we find it. Um, I believe in that you as a person can develop what you want your purpose to be and what mark you want to leave, you know, on this earth. And, um, and so I think this has finally given me or finally been able to develop um, a, a larger purpose than just myself and just existing. And, um, and so I'm really inspired by that. And I like to, yeah, I'd like to see it take off um, and to see Doyen inspections and, in, lots of cities across the U.S. that are just groups of women helping each other out, working together, um, you know, building this group as independents, but also, um, I don't know, I just think things are better in a group sometimes. And, I, and I'm a loner, but again, team, always been a team sports. So it's not just, um, you know, this one person out there playing uh, or golfing or something like that. Like, it's always about the team and where everyone can play their part. And, um, and that's important to each of the members because they know that they have a role in that. And, um, and feeling like a part of the company is something I really wanna perpetu perpetuate in this industry and not let it just be about like, I work, I make an hourly wage, you know, I inspect two homes a day, but it to be like, hey, you wanna go do a realtor luncheon or you wanna go do this or you wanna, you need to get caught up on email. So you answer the phone these days, like having some flexibility in that community. Um, it, I don't know, to me, it's just about community. I like relationships and, and community grew up in the church. And so I, I am used to that. Um, and it feels very natural. And I think COVID has been hard because it's, uh, you know, taken people away from the communities that, that, that we were used to or outlets that they were used to. So for me, it was, it was basketball and I, I played locally in two leagues every Friday <laughs> that all of a sudden stopped in March. Right. And I didn't realize how important it was to me, you know, having that weekly outlet. And it wasn't even just about the physical part of it. It was about seeing those same people every week, the competition, the camaraderie, the, the, um, just catching up with one another, you know, and just having that consistency. So whether it's like AA support meetings or your church community or the sport that you like to play, um, book club, whatever it is, that, that part of community is important. And so 
I think that's an area IEB is really filling, especially for all these independent inspectors that you kind of feel like you're on your own. Um, and I think they're doing a really good job of, of filling that. And I think that's just what I'm trying to, to create out of an organization versus um, I don't have these big visions uh, with, with dollar signs and numbers. It's not, it's not about that. You know, I think it's more about creating a name, creating a brand that is a little different and that people see as, oh yeah, this is, there's a need for this. There's a, there's a niche market for this. And, um, and I really think there is because of the positive feedback we get from people. Um, but it's also funny too, because, you know, we get mistaken for like home buyers or uh, assistants all the time, mm -hmm. you know, like I'll answer the phone and book everything. And I had a guy say, wait, why, why are you going to meet me there? And I said, <laughs> he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were just booking everything. I'm like, no, no, sir. I'm going to, going to meet you there and, you know, walk you through everything or, most of the houses, the next door neighbors will come and be like, are you our new neighbor? You know, because <laughs> they see a female at, at the new home and their first instinct is not, that's the inspector. Right. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's quite funny. Um, just the difference. And I think people like that. It's refreshing, you know, like more female politicians right now. Uh, it's, it's refreshing to people to see it moving more in the direction of the general population. And I think that's probably the best way I know how to sum this up is I'm trying to create something in the industry that represents more of the general pop. Love it. And we are here to support you um, on the content front, even if we do some joint content, um, you know, yeah. and I edit it, edit it, publish it, kind of promote it totally down to do that. So um, we'll, we'll be more in touch after this um, to just see what we could do together, do some fun joint content. Yeah. Well, and that would be great. We, we, um, there's a local company here and, uh, and you can cut this if we're going over, but there's, there's a local company here that I love. I and mean, they make a plant-based yogurt. I'm going to plug for them right now. It's called Kalina. They're made here in Austin. And one thing I love about them is first of all, it's amazing. Like the taste is just great. What's it called? Kalina. C-U-L-I-N-A. Okay, it's, it's made here locally in Austin, but it's packaged at, you know, uh, Sprouts and uh, Whole Foods and other places, um, but it's plant-based, so it's dairy-free yogurt, and um, they come in these jars with a cardboard label around the outside that can easily be removed, and the jars are just plain, and the recycled paper that comes on them encourages you to reuse the jars, so we have been eating a lot of these over the year and recycling <laughs> these. And lately, uh, my partner Heidi and I have been making candles to give out to our customers. Oh, I love so it's one of those weird things that, like, as females, like it gives us something to do. You know, every other weekend, we're talking about business stuff, and we'll get together at each other's house and and make these candles. And they're like the color of our sunset, so they're like the three colors um, stacked. And we've been making those out of these yogurt jars just to give people in their new homes or to give realtors to use for open house. And so we're trying to really incorporate a lot of local things in what we do, refer out other local businesses, you know, and just perpetuate that kind of feeling. And um, Kalina knows, they don't even know about this, but that's why I'm, that's why I'm plugging them. Because we'll tag them. We'll shout them out and tag them. Um, <laughs> and for new inspectors listening, that's differentiation. That's unique value. That's thinking outside the box. That's kind of what I'm always pushing 
on webinars and workshops with new inspectors to say, guys, like it's hard to even give examples sometimes because it's got to be so unique that when I just heard that, I'm like, holy shit, that's great. That's unique. Um, as opposed to the typical, Hey, do a good inspection, give good good customer service. These are the things that brand you, these are the things people remember. Um, I love it. Yeah. Well, there's like a, there's a women, an old women's, um, uh, brokerage around here there's, there's several but one that recently asked us to you know come by and they're like oh you can bring food and you know, drop something by or you know whatever your typical lunch and learns or drop off donuts or breakfast tacos and so we're like what could be a little bit different we're bringing these candles or whatever and we're like why not introduce this yogurt so and instead we we're thinking about doing like a salad bar or doing a yogurt bar we have different types of this with fruit and granola you know, and because it's an all ladies group and I just can't picture the ladies I'm seeing there just all chowing down on some breakfast tacos, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And or donuts and, uh, you know, so like, what do I eat in the morning? Or what, you know, or would they like smoothies or this and that? I just want to do things a little bit different than what people are. I mean, there's so many ideas that are great that home inspectors do, um, and, you know, promo items and stuff like that. But really all we do is the book and the, the experience. And lately we've gotten into the candle thing to kind of set things apart. And um, so if you have any other ideas that are a little outside the box in the way of visiting with realtors, once we are able to do that a little more face-to-face or even over Zoom, I'm open to it. Totally. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, we'll keep emailing each other. I have plenty of, I always have plenty of ideas. I'm always just like, begging people to take them and implement them. Cause I'm not, I'm not a home inspection business. I just kind of know realtors and no marketing and uh, yeah. yeah, I'll talk this stuff all day. Well, y'all do an amazing job. Thank you for like setting some aside, uh, time aside to talk today. This was nice. Yeah, this was outstanding. This is wonderful. Um, I can't wait to put this out there. Um, thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy, obviously you're growing, you're booming um, and keep it up. I'm excited. I'm excited to track the growth. Um, and kind of tell the story. So thank, thank you again you. for everything yeah. you're doing. And, uh, and yeah, we'll be talking soon. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. Definitely talk more. And thank you for putting all these podcasts out there. I'm really enjoying meeting all these other business owners from all around. So uh, keep it up. Have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanks. You do the same. All righty. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.